When I was uh, in Argentina, I was working in an office doing statistics. And at the same time, I was learning scuba diving. I was learning uh, visual art. And I was just training with my camera in the bath. When I was taking a shower, I was making pictures of the water. And I thought, well, I will not go too far with this. <laughs> it's episode 81 of Dive in the Podcast with special guest, Laura Baba Akin. Diving the Podcast is a weekly all about diving podcast for everyone. Whether you explore the oceans as a snorkeler, scuba diver, freediver, or tech diver, Dive In has something for you. The show is filled with diving news, feature interviews with guests from around the world, interesting dive topics, and ocean advocacy. Visit diveinpod.com to find out more about the show, past guests, and our Patreon. Hi, everyone. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. I'm Amit. And we're the hosts of Dive in the Podcast. Before we start today's episode, we'd like to thank you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in every week. Your support encourages us to keep going and make a bigger and better podcast. What did you all think about last week's episode with Samantha Schwann? I thought it was fantastic. I had a great uh, great time on that uh, episode. And yeah, overall, fantastic guest, great energy. So yeah, quite enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I missed out, uh, missed the interview, and missed uh, having a good time and that. But uh, the edit's... Uh, moving along well and uh yeah can't wait i'm just uh, i'm still finishing the episode so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was it was really great to to have you know like when we have photographers on they they always tend to come i mean photography is art but a lot of them describe themselves as photographer and, and samantha definitely um relates to herself as an artist which i thought was really interesting which also plays well into you know today's guest um Mm-hmm. But also, you know, all the work that she's using her art and her photography to to focus on the marine environment and the projects she's involved with and, and how that drives her passion. I thought that was that was super cool. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at her, too, like it's not, you know, aside from the photography pieces, I was also pretty kind of taken with the uh, professionalism and diving and her tech abilities and heading down to 100 meters and, you know, how seriously she takes that part of training as well. Uh, but then she has such like a diverse background too in the arts and, you know, uh, having worked in sculpture and then, you know, leading into the work that she did. And, and she was really great at, at sort of capturing and painting a picture of a, of a thing that led us to her, I guess, her evolution into photography. Like when she tells that story of the encounter with the six gill shark. So yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty captivating interview. I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, not to drag this out too long, but uh, you you mentioned her tech diving, which I completely forgot about. Um, but if you scroll back in the Instagram time machine, yeah, um, all the way down to her bottom bottom of her Instagram, but she actually has a photo of her diving a rebreather in 1997, which is wow, super super cool. And mm-hmm. it was you know in the Salish Sea off of the coast of BC, and you know that water at depths is is not warm at all. So you know that's mm-hmm. that's pretty badass for for that. Pretty cool. Oh, for it. I think for, yeah, you're absolutely right. And so she's kind of the real deal all around. And uh, yeah, great interview. I, I quite enjoyed it. Speaking of great interviews, uh, we've got an awesome guest on tonight. We're speaking to Laura Babaekian. Laura is an Argentinian underwater camera woman, visual artist, dive master, and professional freediver specialized in underwater videography. She develops various artistic and social projects linked to the connection of the human being with their environment. Based in Patagonia, Laura has explored Oceana, 
Asia, Latin America, the Arctic, and Antarctica. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thanks for joining us. So how are you doing today? Hello, Justin. Everything is fantastic. I am very, very happy to be here with you. Um, very exciting to know what you want to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's good. It'll be a lot of fun. And we're happy to have you on the show, of course, as well. And we'll officially start your interview in a couple minutes, Laura. But before that, have you ever found anything valuable while diving? Uh, oh, I found many, many things, and but it's secret, I should say. Not all at once. You didn't find a big <laughs> treasure chest full of uh, many things. <laughs> <laughs> there were some brothers-in-law who were vacationing on the coast of Spain, and yeah. uh, they were free diving and found uh, 1,500-year-old gold coins from the fall of the Western Roman Empire. And uh, yeah, so they were they rented some snorkel gear. They went to do an ocean cleanup, pick up some trash. And so uh, karma kicked in and they found uh, eight gold coins, um, which they did the they did the good thing and they alerted the authorities. And with the help of local archaeologists, they unearthed 53 gold coins uh, from between uh, 364 and 408 A.D. So nice old ones. And now uh, historians. Um, are using those coins to expand their knowledge of that era because uh, this is one of the largest known collections of Roman gold coins in Europe. Uh, so the article goes on in detail to explain some cool background stuff about the coins and what they think they could be like the history of those coins and why they were there. And because it's really unusual to have a bunch of gold coins on one spot. Um, so that's, it's really neat. The article's linked in the show notes and uh, I just think, I would really like to find some gold coins while uh, freediving. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> it pays to do an ocean cleanup, right? <laughs> yeah, <That's> exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to do more ocean cleanup. I just found a hat, an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good ones. Those are yeah. good ones. Yeah. <laughs> I use it. Actually, they were in good conditions. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. It's a friend who found some poker chips the other day. So, Nick, you had uh, you had another little news bit you wanted to share? Sure. Um, yeah. So, Gareth Locke of uh, Human uh, Diver fame uh, held the first Human Factors in Diving conference Uh on September 24th, 25th, um, which would be last weekend in podcast time, but a week later in <laughs> real time. Um, so if you missed the the conference uh, that had uh, more than two dozen talks, uh, you can head on, over, head on over to the website and we'll put a link in the show notes and you can get access to all the recordings for 120 US dollars. Um, so if you're a dive professional, serious about, you know, about safety, about how to work dive systems, working in teams, uh, that sort of thing, and that just that's really putting it in a nutshell. Um, mm -hmm. Not really doing it justice. You'll find a ton of relevant content there uh, from leading thinkers within the industry. And uh, Gareth Locke has also been really good about bringing system thinking and safety thinking from other industries um, to diving um, because that's it's lacking in diving. So he's bringing it from other sectors as well. So um, it it seems like a lot of money, but it's a two day conference. Lots of speakers, lots of content. Um, I actually mm. missed the live sessions, and I'm actually just started going through recordings. And it's it's going to take a while. There's a lot of content there. So if you're a dive professional yeah. uh, or somebody looking to be a dive pro, definitely worth the investment. You should check that out. Awesome. We'll definitely check that out and find the like you said, find the link in the show notes. That's it for the news today. It's time to dive in with Laura Babahakian. 
So, Laura, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? I am from Argentina. I grew up uh, next to the coast of Buenos Aires. Oh, nice. That sounds lovely. I, I imagine I imagine you have lots of early memories of the ocean. Do you do you have a first memory, a first time it sticks out in your in your head? Oh yes. Um, when I was a kid, my father uh, came with me always to the beach, and mm-hmm. I was very very scared because there the sea is very brown, and we have big waves. Okay. So. Uh, my father uh, take me and dig me to the sea, even if I didn't want to go. And he just <laughs> throw me into the waves. And I think it was quite tra- traumatic way to learn me, <laughs> to, sorry, to <laughs> teach, teach me if everything is okay. But well, works, <laughs> works. <laughs> Classic dad maneuver there, toss your kid yeah. into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so here I am. <laughs> And so somehow you were able to uh, not be too traumatized from being tossed in the ocean like that. Uh, would you say, I guess, how would you say that that kind of led you towards scuba diving? I went, the first time I did scuba diving, I went with my brother uh, to Brazil. We went as a holiday. And um, hmm. we have just uh, $50 in our pocket. And he told me, oh, we stay one night more in the city and we have accommodation or we go to learn scuba diving. I mean, our first diving and Mm -hmm. we sleep in the airport. Okay, let's sleep in the (laughs) airport and go (laughs) to scuba diving. And we did that. We come back to Argentina with just one dollar. But we did dive in, and that was an amazing experience and with my brother. So from this moment, then when I come back to Argentina, I start to, to learn more and more. Hmm. So it seems like that was a good plan, S- yeah. sleeping in the airport over. <laughs> <laughs> well, money. <laughs> much better. Scuba diving is much better than a hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> that's some serious dedication, though. So, how did you like? I guess w- was it something specific about scuba that appealed to you so much that you were willing to give up all of that and just say, "Forget it. We're this is more important than a bed. Uh, we're we're going to go scuba diving." My brother was quite wild, and we okay. always well, he always traveled with a low budget. So, I think I learned from him to prioritize the adventure <laughs> than the com- commodity. Yeah, that's the comfort. Yeah, right. And and you eventually uh, also took up freediving. Um, how how did you get introduced to to freediving? I start to work as a dive master in Indonesia, and hmm. then I in my free time I go I went just with my camera to do a snorkeling. And sometimes when I saw a turtle or nice coral, I just uh, tried to dive in the deep, but I couldn't do it. So I start to excel on all my air and I just did it. And one day I come out very bad. I mean, I was like, my face was like dark. And one freediver there told me, 
do you know that what you are doing is quite dangerous? And do you know that we have a sport that you will learn how to hold the breed and do what you are doing, but in the safe way? As I say, I never thought that was uh, exist a uh, sport. <laughs> And when I come back to home, then I search for a school, a school, a free diving school, and then I start to train. And I asked to my teacher to prepare me to be an underwater photographer, but doing free diving. What, what is it about free diving that that attracts you to the sport? I think many reasons. In that moment, was because it was cheap. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> on one hand and then I feel free because I don't need to go with my heavy gear everywhere. I know that if I am with my camera and my fins, I can travel anywhere in the world. And even if it's not a place to rent a scuba gear or I go to in the middle of the wild, I know that I have enough to jump to the water and have the skills to dive without gear. I think that was the main reason for me to start to train. Um, also, it's very nice. I, see, I mean, for your mind, uh, for your body, uh, the way mm. that you need to take care of yourself, that is also very important for me. Oh, you paint a picture there for travel and diving that that's very appealing. And I think one can certainly mm. identify with uh, with why it would be so appealing to you. I guess one of the things that I was wondering as well then is uh, that you have a passion for filmmaking. And so was that a passion that came from your family or was that something that developed on your own or came out of freediving or scuba diving? My family, they are coming from the art. They were musicians. Um, hmm. I think my sensitive uh, view of everything comes from my family. And when I start to grow up, I start to practice with my sister, uh, paint, sculptor. And then I went to university because I want to study visual art. And then appeared in my life one underwater photographer to show me another way to tell a story by pictures. And in that moment, I was already doing scuba diving. I was uh, close to the sea and I start to feel that I want to express myself in the water instead of in the paper <laughs> or with my hands in the land. Do you have a preference? Do you prefer the photos or do you prefer the the video? I I don't have a preference. Depends. For example, if I am covering a competition, play diving competition. I prefer mm. to do pictures, but I have many stories in my mind. So now I am directing a short movies and mm. I feel that I need time uh, to do it. So for me, the difference between the filmmaking and the photography is that you offer time to the pictures to tell any story. So now yeah. I feel that I need time to to tell any story uh, with the pictures I am. One of my goals this year is 
make my pictures real. And sometimes it's not that easy because mm -hmm. you can take a picture in the darkness, but then if you want to film that, it's very hard. Mm. So now my challenge is that, to do that. Can you explain what you mean by making it real? It's, it's like sometimes when you do a picture, looks mm. like it's a paint, it's a draw. Right. right. And when you make real, or for me, when I make real, it's like, this is happening. This mm. has time, has a, a, a movement. Mm -hmm. Right, right, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like you're there, like you're part of it. Yeah. Exactly, so, yes. Capture the energy, I guess, in the picture and, and the movements that, mm. that one might not expect in a still image is what I have in my head when you explain that. Yes. When you when you said you studied visual arts at, at university, um, did you study both photography or videography? I study photography. Yes, mm. I start to doing photography. Then I mm. start to work as instructor. Um, then I feel that I need to start to do movies. It was a feeling. Yeah. Did you did you teach yourself to make films? I like to write and make stories, fantasy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a season, you know? Sometimes I feel that I need to do photography. Sometimes I feel the wish to do movies. It's like a, mm -hmm. I can do it both, but it's how mm -hmm. I feel. That's, uh, I really like that, yeah. So when we had uh, uh, Alex Saint-Jean, who's, we had him in episode 58, um, if there were any underwater photographers that he admired, uh, one of the people he mentioned was you. So I guess I also want to ask, are there any photographers that, that inspire you or videographers? Well, Alex is one. <laughs> I love his <laughs> I work. I might have put you on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I love his work, yes. Um, yes, yeah, sometimes I, I am not sure if what I... Choose is a great photographer. I think uh, what I choose is a great adventure. People who go to the wildness to do, to make real their goals or challenge, and then they have the camera and can work, do the pictures there. But um, yeah, I like that. So, uh, I like, um, let's see. I am very bad with the names. If you show me a picture, I can I know who is the photographer, but I cannot remember all the names. But Paul Nichols, I mean, I like it. Alex, I like it. Yeah, I, I think they, they they are my preferred photographer. Mm -hmm. And artistically, you trained as a clown. Has that helped you grow your artistic expression as well? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course, this connects me with my hair help me in, in all the areas of my life, of course. Sometimes when you jump to this career in the photography and more in the underwater photography, it's hard to know how to work uh, and live from this work. So you need to be self-confident that you can do it. And in the beginning, maybe you start to do mistakes uh, and you, when you do clown, for example, you accept that mistakes with 
like something natural. Mm -hmm. And I think this is important for all the areas of our lives, except that mm -hmm. we need to leave a process for everything, step by step. Mm -hmm. And clown helped me on that, to accept that I need time to grow up as an artist, as a human being, as a professional. Wow, that's a fantastic answer. Yeah, I, I had to take a moment to think about it. That was really beautiful. Um, I, I had a question. You also have another, um, I guess, another Instagram account or or project called Mi Universo de Agua. And it says it's an interactive diary for the oceans. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, yes, of course. Um, the last year when I started the quarantine and the COVID situation, I... Uh, come one idea to my mind. I was wishing many years ago to write a book, to do a photography exhibition, and uh, also make a book just with pictures. And when it starts just, uh, the last year, the quarantine, I say to myself, why I don't do everything in one place? So come to my mind the idea to make a a journal and ballet journal. And there I start to write some of my travel experience. Then I start to make real my pictures. I contact a great illustrator and I ask her that I want to uh, make my pictures in draws, in illustrations. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes, that is possible. Uh, and then I start to, to think that I want that this book uh, were functional for the people. I don't like the books that you read and then you just leave it uh, in your house and then it's dirty and then you throw it. So yeah. I want a journal where you can do something. And in this journal, you have a space to write. You have a space to uh, Choose your goals, write about your emotions, how you feel that day, if you feel good, bad, and you can write why. You have a place with a QR code where you scan with the phone and each month you will find different sounds, you will find uh, movies, uh, science information, then uh, I talk about also environmental problems. So in one place, I talk about the sounds under water, and you will find the difference between uh, a noise and between the uh, sound of the well. How is the difference in the sounds and how the human can affect the communication of the underwater wildlife. So in that journal, you can find all of that. Well, wow, that's, awesome. that's really, really impressive. That must take a lot of work to put together. Uh, yes. I think uh, <laughs> in that journal, you can find a small piece of my life. What, what I do every day to feel happy, to feel strong. I like to write. I, uh, I like to know how I feel each day. I like, I am very 
dynamic. So I need every day learn something new, make something new. And also I need to remind uh, my past. So I think you can find all of that in that book and mm. you have a spaces to do it by your own as well. Very cool. That's lovely. Um, so you're based in, in Patagonia, Argentina. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that, that part of the world? Um, you know, we, we've never been there. So take us there. I am. And this, and this moment I am living here. Uh, Patagonia is very wild. Uh, you have cold water, but will not kill you. I mean, some people <laughs> think that Patagonia is very hard to be here or very hard to dive. And actually, if you are with uh, maybe a seven millimeters wetsuit, you will be fine. I mean, mm. maybe it sounds very <laughs> too much, but for me now it's natural to use seven or, or use nine millimeters. And you have here everything. You have dolphins, whales, you have sea lions, and you have um, octopus, you have free divers. <laughs> Mm. Uh, you have orcas and very, very nice environment to enjoy sunset, sunrise, to take a car if you have and go in, into the road and start to find uh, very nice beaches that you cannot believe that we have that here. I mean, there are hiding places uh, that no one knows. And mm. I think that this is magic here. I, I certainly um, feel that way when I when I look at your social media posts and and all the things that you post from that region. It, it certainly sort of makes me want to visit. Um, and then especially when you talk about, you know, all the marine diversity and, and everything that you, you encounter in the ocean there. Um, what is your favorite sort of marine animal to encounter in, in that part of the world? Okay. Well, this is a hard question. <laughs> I think mm. I have something special with the sea lions. I I feel happy when I am close to them. I feel that they are like uh, clowns. <laughs> and yeah, I love them. I love them. I feel like I, they are playing with Mark, with me, and they. I feel like they are smiling all the time. They stay mm. in front of me like hours. They also broke my camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I love them. This is what I see here, and I can go every way, every day to to found them and play. Very cool. Then I have an and yes, an animal that I would love to see, and I know that is here, and I. I am not enough lucky yet to see it, and it's the orcas. Uh, everyone's seen here, and I cannot find them. <laughs> but it's a dream. Yeah, it was going to be my question to you: is have you had the opportunity to be in in the water with orcas? But you've you've mentioned that you haven't. So I guess my question there then is: Do you have a desire to be in the water with them when you see them? Uh, is that a safe yeah. thing to do? I would love to go in the water with them. Um, actually, I traveled from Argentina to Norway uh, to find them, and we were, we have been six days sailing to see them. Mm -hmm. And in the last day, we saw them, 
I jump into the water and they disappear. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. <laughs> so I think it's, a, it's something there special that maybe I am not ready <laughs> yet to find <bomb> them. <laughs> but one day, one day. Yeah, it's like your, uh, what did you say? How you phrased it in your uh, anecdote about the clowns. Maybe you have to like get yourself to another place before the orcas will welcome you into their ocean. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would like to think that. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to ask you about, um, you have, let me get this right, Southern Atlantic right whales, right? Exactly. Right now. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> yeah, we, we have the Northern Atlantic right whale, which I think is a species that's that's in a very different situation. Um, and I had the, the opportunity to see, see one for the first time this year, um, not from the water, but from above the water. But have, have you been able to dive with right whales in Argentina? Uh, yes, yes, I have been very lucky, especially this last month. Um, I have been an actress <laughs> two weeks ago. I mean, I am not an actress, but <laughs> they called me to be as an extra. Uh, in the wire and one of this this moments in the movie uh, I should do it like a, I am diving and I found a well and actually that happened real and <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah I was not expecting that and I was diving like uh, acting that in any moment I will find a well. And when I did like this, <laughs> upper, I say, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and this scene was very, really real. <laughs> Quite so possibly fantastic was, acting then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think from here to Hollywood. <laughs> That's right. <Soon>. <laughs> that sounds like a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I love the passion that you have uh, coming through when you tell that story. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back speaking more with uh, Laura Babekian. This episode of Dive In The Podcast is brought to you by Torpedo Rays Scuba. You can find them online at torpedorays.com. They've been teaching Canada how to dive for 25 years and are a proud sponsor of this podcast. If you're in Atlantic Canada and want to take a course or see the shop, stop in and see us in Dartmouth and check out the huge selection of scuba, apnea, surf gear, and much more. Dive tours are available for locals and visitors to experience all that our ocean playground has to offer. TorpedoRays.com has a vast selection of dive gear at unbeatable prices with free shipping available in Canada and quick shipping throughout North America. So visit TorpedoRays.com or stop in the shop and you might even see one of us there. Welcome back to Dive in the Podcast. We're speaking with Laura Babaikian, an Argentinian underwater camerawoman, filmmaker, dive master, and freediver based in Patagonia. So Laura, when did you realize you wanted to, to connect um, you know, your, your ability to dive with your art? Was, was there a moment that that made you realize that's that's what you wanted to do? Um, yes. When I was uh, in Argentina, I was working in an office doing uh, statistics. And at the same time, I was learning scuba diving. I was learning uh, visual art. And I was just training with my camera in 
the bath when I was taking a shower. I was making pictures of the water. And I thought, well, I will not go too far with this. <laughs> and I decided at that point that also I needed a change in my life. I was like uh, living in a city. Uh, I started to feel sad. I was very sad with that life. So I jumped to out of the box, how I like to say. I changed my life. I sold my stuff here in Argentina. And I realized that if I want to work as a photographer, if I want to see wildlife, know in other cultures, places, I need to go out. So it's, that is what I did. And when I start to travel, I start to train with the camera and I start to do more documentary pictures until I got bored. I felt that I need to do something more with the pictures, like uh, share emotions, share feelings. And this is the point where I say, okay, I will break the photography rules and I will do what I feel to do it, even if the picture is not good. <laughs> so I start to to go out of the my comfort zone of as a photographer, and I feel that at this point I start to do more art. Um, mm. Yeah, and I start to travel more, do my more my pictures, and have great moments that appear in my life in the way. It's interesting that you say that because I think, you know, some of that originality I've seen in your pictures and I haven't, well, I guess videos more so than others, but two of them kind of pop out to me when I was looking at some of your social media work. There's one which I really wouldn't expect to see, which is a belly dancer who is underwater. Uh, it appears to be anyways. I could be wrong on, on what the person is doing underwater. But then there's another one that uh, I, I spent probably 15 years studying martial arts, and it looks like there are two guys having a, a fight doing some jujitsu underwater. <laughs> so, like, wh where does the am I? I guess number one, am I correct in my assumption as to what I see? And where do you get the inspiration to put that underwater and film it? Well, you know, uh, this is very interesting and good question because I just ask to the people do what they love to do. And they just are them. I mean, if I have a dancer in front of me, I just say, dance, mm. enjoy. Mm. Forget that I am here. And I start to do that because when you say to the person what to do, mm -hmm. you lost because mm. the they are. They start to to don't be anymore themselves. They are when they start to play. You will have the best moments to mm -hmm. to movies or pictures, and it will be unique. Mm -hmm. Or so real, in I that guess. pictures, exactly. Yeah. So in that kind of pictures, I just like to people to play mm -hmm. and forget about me and what I do. It just move a lot of my body. <laughs> I start to find the best glides. I start to go to the top, to go down. I mean, I in this kind of situations, I don't interrupt 
the people what they are doing. I just move a lot to find the best uh, frame for the picture of the of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that you've you've written on your website is um, that that art is a bridge between science and people. Um, that's a translation that that the um, that that it gives out. What do you mean by that? Well, that is my present. I I am very focusing on that now. After I start my trip and I start to do on documentary pictures, then then I start to feel that I want to do more art. Two years ago, I start to feel that I need to do more, <laughs> and I put in my way another challenge. I start to see many beautiful things in the ocean, but also I start to see, see things that I didn't like at all. Um, pollution, dead corals, uh, rubbish everywhere. And I feel that I start to study a lot, but at the same time, I didn't know a lot of things. And I start to ask to other people like a, people in the science area, uh, how these things happen, why this animal that, how we can uh, avoid the pollution. And I realized that uh, so many things I didn't know. So I say, okay, I can give you my skills and you can give me your knowledge and we can mm-hmm. work as a team. So I feel like I am a bridge between the community and the science. Mm-hmm. So but, uh, they can communicate by me to the people, by art, by emotions. And I convince myself that this is the best way to do it because sometimes the um, science language or they are very, it's very hard for the people, normal people to understand, but mm-hmm. the arts, everyone can understand. Mm-hmm. Is, is that what motivates you to make these social and artistic projects uh, to, yes. to highlight the, the, uh, the connection there? Exactly. Yes. So now I am working, all the projects that I am working on are about that. I am working mm-hmm. in, with t- with another team and they are science and they ask me to help them to communicate mm-hmm. in, in other ways <laughs> what they want yeah. to say. One of the things that you have mentioned as well, uh, we've read is that there's a dedication that you have towards ocean conservation. And I think most divers would, would agree that, that they identify with that. And I guess for me, when I when I think about that statement, I think that there's a there's a place where our individual actions uh, can only do so much, and we potentially need to influence major governments to engage in that battle to kind of save the oceans, to get you know to really do the work that prevents some of the damage that is being caused you know to the ocean by us. Uh, and I was wondering how you see your work as bridging that gap to influence how our individual actions and the government actions could actually help this crisis that we're in right now for the oceans. I feel that the social media 
helped me a lot to communicate to the young people what we need. And we mm -hmm. have many young people following us, the, the divers, the artists, and they start with their knowledge that some of them are politicians, they are lawyers, they start to help us to make uh, reach our information to the government and work as a team. Mm -hmm. okay. That makes sense. Hard to explain. No, it's and it, they're big issues, right? They're they're not easy. Um, yeah. But I, I was I was going to follow up with that. Is is there a strong sense of of awareness or activism around ocean issues in Argentina? Yes, yes, we have, we have, we have many organizations that they are working as a team. Then we have some private places where the owners of that places uh, invite to the young people to, for example, pick up the rubbish from the coast. And we are doing videos about that. We are sharing in, in media uh, the travels. But yes, the young people is moving a lot. And I think, mm -hmm. again, I repeat that the social media help a lot to, to make a big community call. That's fantastic. And I think you mentioned earlier on, and, and I think it ties into what we see now because of how accessible travel uh, is, or well, I guess has been prior to COVID, uh, but hopefully it'll get back to that. But you mentioned that travel is a means of education for you, which I think is fantastic. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how travel has changed your worldview and then how how that travel and that change and perhaps your perspectives about the world has influenced your work as an artist? Well, in my travel, I, I've been traveling like 10 years uh, without a stop. And during my trip, at the beginning, I started to travel like as a normal tourist. And then I feel that I was like living in the bubble, you know, that I was not seeing everything. I was uh, my environment was just for tourists. And when I get off of this bubble, I start to meet local people. I start to understand uh, the culture the, and what they do and why they do. And uh, this, this uh, opened my mind because in each different place I was traveling, I start to see different things. So I realized that I cannot change that. I should uh, accept that. And this make a person, in me, make a person more tolerant. And this is, was a big change in my life because normally we need to be tolerant. Even if we want to change something, we should do it with peace, not with violence. So uh, I think the big change I have in my life and learn during the trips was have more tolerance about the difference, about the people, about the cultures, and understand why some people throw the rubbish in the sea. I understand why they do. And it's not mm -hmm. the, all their fault. You know, it's something in more bigger than that. Mm. That is it, the education. And it's the government. So then you start to open your mind and you start to think 
where the problems coming from. Mm -hmm. So that way I think I learn a lot and this is something that maybe in the school you don't learn or you don't mm -hmm. or you read but you don't know if it's true or not. Right. And so how do you feel that that's that's influenced your work? In my work I feel that I work a lot with emotions. So mm. I feel that some moments of in the trip I was sad, I feel then a seeker, I feel then happy, I mm. and I think everything I found in the trip I was trying to make it real in the picture in the movie. So mm -hmm. I start to be more honest in my pictures. And I feel that in some point I stopped to do, for example, cover free diving com competitions. And not because I didn't like anymore. I love it. But I start to feel that I need something more of that in this moment of my life. Something that helps these communities that I saw the throw rubbish in the sea. So I feel today that all what I saw during my trip, I need to use it in the pictures with more uh, social uh, intentions mm -hmm. and goals. <laughs> yeah, that's very, it's very cool, actually, the way that you phrase that, because I think a lot of times people have this perception that you know, the way that we should do things is the way that we think that they should be done. But we don't necessarily go to a place and try to understand why people might do things the way that they do. And I think you very eloquently summarize it in a way that kind of lets us know that, you know, you can't impose your will or your beliefs on another group. And that, you know, by experiencing that firsthand, that you can generate a high amount of tolerance and potentially uh, learn from that. So, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, putting that out there for us. Thank you. You've produced and, and filmed expeditions to Antarctica, and, and those, I can only imagine, must be really amazing experiences. Um, how did that impact you as as a diver and a person? Well, um, for me, was not just to reach Antarctica, was what all what I did to reach that point was really important when to reach there actually was very expensive and most part of the trip I covered uh, from myself and I start to do different kind of jobs to to reach there I start to learn uh, many things by my own like how to dive and swim in cold waters I start to ask to others uh, photographers and divers, how to take care, how to dive in cold waters. I learn a lot. And then when I reached Antarctica, I saw, I thought, okay, this is not too bad. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not like everyone is are thinking. I mean, this is okay. <laughs> so was very exciting all the preparation for me. And when I arrived there, was amazing. I will not say no. But I, when I jumped to the water, I thought that will be like a fire of cold water and I will that. And when I put my uh, leg, my hands, I say, okay, that's, that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I learned there uh, was the value of the life because in Antarctica, 
you need to take care of yourself a lot. Anything that happened, any that happened there, you will not um, resolve very easy. So any accident or a small accident that you have there will be a very big problem for you. It's too hard then to come back and have medical assistance. So I start to think that and I, I realized that I was in the middle of nowhere. So I start to take care also be more conservative when I jump through the waters, stay short time, uh, say what all the captains say. Uh, sorry, do all what the captains say to me. So yeah, it was very conservative more than before. And after that trip, I start to be also more conservative than before was in my life, in all mm -hmm. the areas of my life. <laughs> mm. So I think that I grow up a lot on that trip. Mm -hmm. sounds, sounds pretty life-changing. So of the films you have made, do you have a favorite or something you're most proud of? Well, I have the first short movie I did. Mm -hmm. uh, I never want to share that movie. I was not proud because I say, no, this is shit. Um, <laughs> but everyone who was around me, I said, no, you should share it. You should share it. And I didn't want it. And the Fridaver, who was the main actress in the movie, she loved the movie and I didn't let her to share it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, okay, it was quite selfish. I say, okay, well, do whatever you want with the movie, but I will not share it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then after one year, I start to apply in different festivals with that movie. And they, mm -hmm. in many places, start to choose that movie. And I say, why? And no way. I don't know what they see there. So <laughs> <laughs> after two years, I start to fall in love with that movie. Because no, because I think it's great. Because it was like my first son, you know, and mm. I did it. And they start to flight. I say, okay, let's go, <laughs> go away. <laughs> and then always come back. It's like a, many people start to meet in overseas the movie. Mm. Even if I don't show them, they, I don't know how some people reach to that movie and write me. I say, why this movie always come back to my life? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, I think I am very proud of that because it was my first experience. And I hope be very proud of what they are coming. <laughs> well, we'll have to make sure to get a link uh, to that uh, somehow and share that with our audience. So, uh, so you can get some new, new people writing to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so on a little bit of a, a different note, you have photographed some freediving competitions such as the Nirvana Ocean Quest in 2016 in Colombia. What do you enjoy about that type of photography? All the training that I did before, I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing I really love is how uh, you can see in the pictures the feeling of the person, you know? Uh, mm. They are very under stress a lot before go to the line. And then when they come back, you know if this person will get, uh, do it or not. I mean, you are there next to this person all the time. During the, mm. 
weeks before of the competitions, when this person is training, is choosing to eat the right food, uh, when they are talking all the time what they do, what they will not do, and then when the competition days arrive, you start to see them in silence. And then after mm. the competition, when it's the party time, then you see this person very happy. So with the pictures, <laughs> I am all the time taking that moment. And for me, it's like I see uh, grow a baby, you know, from the beginning to uh, <laughs> until the end of the competition. I am there. I am all the time seeing what, how they feel. And I love uh, be there. I, I love to see how the people feel. <laughs> The people mm. emotions, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to a free diving competition, but Nick always talks about how uh, how kind of close and connected and everything becomes there, and everyone just kind of you know, mm. it's just a, a different uh, kind of thing. You know, at least that's what you always say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. it's such it's such a small community. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so you've spoken to us about uh, a lot of projects. Obviously, you've been involved. In, in a ton of projects and you know as, as we look through your websites we can see links to many of those but mm-hmm. do you have any projects that are coming up that you might want to share with our listeners yes i have this year i start to uh, work in my next goal that is uh, do more focus in cinematography so mm-hmm. i am now a, a photography director of two short movies that they are coming now. I am working on this. So this is a big challenge for me because I don't have all the time the cameras in my the camera in my hands. And mm. this is very well for me. But at the same time <laughs> it's lovely because I can put my focus in in other things that mm-hmm. I start to play with the lights. I start to think uh, with different points of view and I am working on this. And also the other things that I am working in is uh, with Universal, the Our Journal. I um, donate them to different institutions. Uh, So when I send them to different places, I go and also talk with the kids and share Mm -hmm. the oceans and their water life or also inspirations or my my life or things that was hard for me in my life and share with them so this is what i am doing now very interesting and what's the reception been like to that last one where you're connecting with the youth and and sharing some of your own experiences it's like a, you know when you put a, a seed in the land in the uh, in the ground mm-hmm. i feel that that Okay. Maybe in that moment, the people or the kids that they are surprised and they don't say anything, and then you start to receive uh, emails or calls mm-hmm. because they start to process what they saw in the pictures or what they uh, listened from me, and mm-hmm. I see in that moment that in some in few kids you did something that right connected to that kid to the nature or to think in travel or to think to see the life in different point of view. That's yeah. And and I think that's, that's really kind of a a piece that I think when we can connect to people in that way and we can inspire kids to move 
and or change their perspectives. It's uh, it's really meaningful work. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that you would take time to to devote to doing that as well, given the amount of other things that you're doing. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I always think that if I have a room with fifty kids and I just uh, leave a seat to two of them, I am happy. I am mm-hmm. it's enough for me. Mm. So uh, you also have a, a pretty fantastic website and a social media presence that showcases a lot of your work. Where would people be able to find you online? Well, you can find me in the Aqua Vivo, and it's my Instagram profile. And then I have a website that is uh, www dot com. It's my one of my websites. Well, mm-hmm. I have a lot of websites now. <laughs> if you go shut to my Instagram, you will find everything there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll try to make sure that we find some links here to include as well uh, on the show notes. Okay. Yeah. As, as far as as far as usernames go, I, I really like I really like that one. Um, Laura, what keeps you diving? But oh, that question. <laughs> I say hell. <laughs> I think uh, be connected with myself. I think this is what keeps me diving. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. present all the time. I cannot think in another thing when I am in the water. And for me, that is healthy mm-hmm. and this is happiness. That's fantastic. Oh. That's great. And if you are happy, you share that with the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. I really want to thank you for joining us tonight, Laura. It's been a blast. We had a fun time chatting with you and, uh, and yeah, your, your passion, um, for, for everything is the, that you do is just, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. So, uh, I really enjoyed the interview and I really, uh, really appreciate you, uh, you coming on to joining us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure for me to be here. As I say in the beginning, it's my first English interview. So it was a challenge as well. <laughs> but I <laughs> promise that I will be training more <laughs> for the next time. Oh, it was great. You did great. You so, did great. Thank you. I think it was absolutely wonderful. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you. It's it's nice to meet you after uh, chatting for for so long, trying to get you on the show with uh, schedules and everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's a it's a real real pleasure for you to to kind of take us on that trip to Argentina. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, and you are welcome in Argentina. Um, winter time, come to winter time. <laughs> okay, you got it. All right. Well, that was definitely a fantastic interview with Laura Babaki, and it was a really fun one. And that's it for today's episode. I want to thank Laura again for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure having her on. I also want to thank Nick for setting up the interview. And uh, yeah, thanks for man. Thanks for doing all your hard work every week. Well, thank you, Justin. I was, in, you know, as I say every week, absolute pleasure. But uh, it was also <laughs> kind of cool to, you know, collect connect to, um, you know, previous guest Alex Jean, who has has dived um, with, with Laura and, and mm-hmm. uh, connect to somebody. And, and a, you know, like the one thing I enjoy about this show is going to a different part of the world. We went to Argentina. We, we spoke to somebody that dives, you know, in a part of the world that nobody, at least in my circles, or uh, I'm sure in, in this group, 
doesn't really know mm-hmm. anything about and and to take yeah. us on that journey and and that artistic sense of her connection with the ocean i i really enjoy that yeah you're definitely awesome and i'll thank you amit thanks for doing everything you do on the show yeah i'm not sure what i do but i'm glad that i'm doing it and uh, you do everything that's right and yeah i gotta say uh i'm with nick i think one of my favorite parts of the show is that ability to travel around the world and kind of live vicariously through some amazing awesome guests that we happen to get on the show and this was another Mm -hmm. example of that Uh, i think one of the things that i also thought was cool about this we've spoken about it in other shows but that ability to reach out and grab a guest on the show uh, who maybe people may not have known about before but uh, maybe now after hearing their story uh, they're they're able to kind of engage with their work a bit and you know i think we chatted a little bit in the back chatter uh, while we were hosting the interview and Nick kind of summed it up really nicely in saying the the depth that Laura brings to her work, like when you consider the fact that she's talking about traveling and how traveling informs her education and how she translates that to capture the, the realism of her work uh, and, you know, make her work contribute to social movements, these sorts of things, and then giving back to kids Uh, from an inspirational standpoint. I just think Mm. like this is the type of person that I really enjoy uh, sharing my time with. And so it was a great, uh, Mm -hmm. great pleasure to have her on the show. Do you know what the best part is? We get to share that with listeners. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hopefully they enjoy it as much as we do. I'm sure they do. And because if you're here listening 50 some minutes into the episode, (laughs) uh, you definitely enjoy it. Uh, Well, don't forget, you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash diveinpod and get some fun rewards for doing so. You can visit our website, diveinpod.com, for all the links you need, episodes, merch, and so much more. On social media, you can follow me at idiveok. April is at April Weikert. I'm at Nicholas Winkler Photography. Next week, we speak to Darcy Kieran. Darcy is the founder of the Business of Diving Institute and Scubanomics, a platform to encourage discussion and collaboration among industry professionals. This episode of Dive in the Podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Torpedo Rays Scuba. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com. Reviews are one of the best ways to help others find the podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Sorry. Kept you in suspense there. That was good. Uh, <laughs> classic. Classic that is the close classic. for the Winkler. Yeah. Went back to the original. Hey, man. Sometimes the original is the best, buddy. <laughs>